Hi, this is Dr. J.P. Sanchez, president of Building the Next Generation of Academic Physicians, also known as BINGAP. I'm happy that you've been able to join us today for this podcast on success stories in the appointment and promotion process. Um, today, we have Dr. Renee Williams. How are you, Renee? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, st- I'm hashtag staying sanitized. I love it. I love it. Very important. Well, I, I want to thank you for taking this time to do this podcast. As we both know, um, mo- more recently, there's been a lot of concern as to whether, um, as diverse individuals, um, we can gain appointments and be promoted within academia. So I'm happy you're willing to share your journey in academia and um, to celebrate your, your recent promotion. Um, so since we're, most of our listeners are diverse individuals, I think it would be nice for us to start with you sharing um, a little bit of your background and your identity. So I am, I identify as a Caribbean, a black Caribbean, cisgendered female. I'm originally from Jamaica, West Indies. I started my formative years there and I moved to the United States when I was 13. So while I started high school in the Caribbean, I finished high school here and finished the rest of my training within the United States. And, and uh, great, thank you. And can you share a little bit um, about your educational and professional journey? Well, it's interesting. So when I was younger, I wanted to be an, a pediatrician or OB-GYN. So my mom is a, was a midwife in Jamaica. So I'm from Jamaica, West Indies, as I mentioned. She's a midwife. And I remember being a very young child and seeing a book that she had and seeing a baby within a uterus. And I decided right then and there I was going to be in medicine. When I went to college, though, I found that I had a passion for computer science and I majored in computer science. And to speak about where people can discourage you along the way, I remember one of my advisors in college or a professor looked at me and said, you can't be pre-med and do computer science. Luckily for me, I had a very strong sense of self and I did computer science and did pre-med at the same time. So at that time after college, I worked as a software developer. Um, It was great. I got to travel within the United States, but I worked a lot of long hours. And then I remember thinking to myself, well, if I'm doing all this stuff, I might as well go into medicine because I wasn't very happy. At that point, I then went to NYU undergrad, um, sorry, I went to NYU Medical School and completed my training in internal medicine and gastroenterology. Initially, upon entering medical school, I thought I would go into OB-GYN. Um, you know, and then when I hit the wards, I realized that I really liked medicine and ultimately gastroenterology is where I landed. Um, I love the field. It's a combination of medicine and surgery, and I get to work with my hands. Essentially, what I also realized through my course is that I enjoy teaching, and I had a really, you know, I love clinical medicine, and I love medicine as a whole, but where I really find my passion and where, what really motivates me is the educational aspect of our field, and that's why I am uh, a clinician educator, and I've chosen to you know, kind of really be in that role. I recently completed a master's in health profession education. I finished that in 2018. It was a combined program between NYU and Maastricht University. My division very generously covered the cost of that master's and I learned so much and I'm very happy that I did it. Excellent, excellent. And, and we go way back. We've, we've known each other for over 20 years. And I yes. recall I, what I remember is um, how successful you were in your science courses, even to the point that you were um, a well-respected tutor in organic chemistry and in other courses in college. Did, do you think that um, affected your decision to pursue like a clinical educator track? Probably at that time, I didn't realize that teaching was something I appreciated or education. And 
so I don't think it did. At the time I was a tutor, honestly, I was just doing it for the cash. <laughs> but for some reason, organic chemistry called to me. I did very well in that class. But it was really in medical school, and I probably think in my residency program, right, I, I realized that when medical students rotated with me, I would always make time to teach them and make sure that they understood what was going on. And again, you know, looking back, you, you don't realize the, the pearls that start going, because I always thought I was going to private practice. I always thought I'd end up in a practice somewhere. So this was never my long-term goal, but as time went on and I got more knowledge in regards to the different pathways in medicine, that's what really solidified it for me. I think a lot of students, when you start med school, you kind of think, I'm going to go to med school. I'm going to go open a practice. There's not a lot of knowledge, and that's where Bingap comes into play. There's so many pathways in medicine, whether it's an, a pathway in administration, education, research. There's so many ways for you to be successful, but the knowledge is not there. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really appreciative to be involved in our academic conference series that we've been doing for a couple of years, because I think we're now giving students and residents a lot of knowledge early so they can make some really intentional choices going forward. Well, great. And, and as we give the listeners more information about your journey, so let's go step by step. So you joined the NYU faculty what year and, and what was your track and rank? So also, I, when I finished fellowship in 2010, I initially was at Upstate University um, and I joined there as an assistant of medicine. When I came to NYU, I came in as a clinical assistant professor and I switched tracks within six months to the clinician educator track um, of an assistant professor. And then last year, I got promoted to an associate professor on the clinician educator track in non-tenure. Congrats, congrats. So how long were you assistant professor at NYU before um, being promoted to associate? So I started there in January of 2014. Um, last year was January of 2019, so that was five years, I assume. So 2014 is when I joined um, as a clinical assistant professor. So they, they have clinical track and non-clinical tracks. I accident So funny story is because I was a clinical assistant professor at my prior job, that's what I came in. I didn't realize that was a wrong track. So they have a clinical track for people who are mainly in the faculty practices. It's a way for you know someone on that track to get promoted. I was on this. I needed to be on the scholar track, so I actually applied for promotion within a few months and then got switched to the scholar track. So technically speaking, I'd say mid-2014 to 2019. So I'm on a scholar track, clinician educator, investigator scholar track. So then maybe five years, I think, possibly, if you were doing the math correctly. Yeah, no, no, thank you for sharing that. So what do you think made you successful in being promoted from um, assistant to associate professor? There's been so much talk about the journey being different um, for, um, racial and ethnic minorities, women, um, sexual and gender minorities. Um, what do you think helped you be successful? Honestly, one thing is I love what I do. Um, I'm very passionate. But a major part of this is mentorship. I, I couldn't honestly say, I think, you know, we have to look for mentors in different places. To your point, the higher up you go in the academic ranks, the less you're going to see of um, sexual and gender minorities along with racial and ethnic minorities. I think we have to be open to having mentors who do not look like us, who might not be from the same background as us. So I've had some really great mentors in this sense. Um, one of my early mentors is Dr. Francois. He is currently the CMO at NYU. He has been, um, I can't even put into words how, in, how I'm, I'm trying to find the, the correct word here, instrumental he has been in my journey. Um, another mentor that I've had is Dr. Is Weinschau. 
she has, you know, she's one of the first school professors within our division, and she has given me such great advice. My division director, Dr. Pachapin, is also a great mentor. These are certain names I'm just throwing out there. My, you know, I can easily name four mentors, and they all serve very different roles. I think one of the things that's been helpful is that I'm in a very supportive environment. So my, my division is extremely diverse, not something you'll find in a gastroenterology division across the United States. So GI is a field, just so you know. You know, like most fields, there's a huge disparity in representation of women and um, ethnic minorities. My division is 50% female, and we have, you know, a good representation across even, you know, racial ethnic minorities and sexual and gender minorities. And I can tell you something, it's a very supportive environment. At no point in time did I ever think I can't be successful because I'm a black female. So I've had great opportunities within my division. Uh, my department chair has our division chair and my actually my division chair and my department chair have been very supportive of me in many ways. So I think that makes a huge difference. You know, the one thing I, I appreciate about this current job is the fact that because I do like educational opportunities that they're there and it's, it's seen, it's appreciated. It's seen as something of value. I don't think that's something you find in a lot of places. I generally give people advice. I said, listen, you need to, every cult, every institution has a culture. Every institution has, you know, a certain theme and you, you can go someplace that's mostly clinical and don't value education. And if you want to just do clinical work, that's great. But for someone who wants to do educational work, it's not so great. You know, NYU, I think, really promotes or helps, at least in my division, various pathways. So, you know, I, as, I am someone who values education, so I was able to be involved in the medical school, in UME education. I was able to be involved in GME education. I had a, an interest in simulator education, so I've done two courses with the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston. I've also done a course within the NYU itself. I was given the time. I mean, we have rules around how much time you can take off, but my chief was very generous in terms of giving me time so that I can do those things. Obviously, I kept up with my clinical work. I was able to get involved in the medical education within the medical school, and I'm able to do things even with intra-city within the GI fellowship. You know, we, I do a program for first-year GI fellows dealing with different situations and using OSCEs. And that right. kind of came to me through one of my, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, I, I think you've painted a, a, a beautiful picture of um, how you've um, received great mentorship. It, throughout your department. Um, I, I also wanna just take a, a moment or two to have you talk about some of the challenges um, that you overcame and, and maybe describe how you overcame those challenges um, in, in the route to being promoted from assistant to associate professor. So one of the challenges I had early in my career before in my prior job is I, as I and this is where I said I learned that institutions are very different. I really wanted to do education and I remember that I met with a dean of education and said, hey, you know, I'm here, I'm interested in doing these things, you know, what ways can I get involved? And, you know, my prior institution really valued more clinical work. And that was, you know, it was necessary because that's how the institution supported itself. Remember, there's a lot of different things that come into how the institution supported itself. And, you know, that was their priority. So it was very difficult for me to really develop myself as an educator. So I did a lot of things. Um, I taught, you know, within the medical school, I tried it in a medical school there and I did educational activities within the fellowship there, but it was always around the context of my clinical work. Um, so it was a little challenging to do that and still really get experience. So when I came to my current position, I found a very different space. Uh, I can't really say that in my current role, I've had significant challenges. I think, you know, like any physician of color, you come across biases, but I've seen that more from the patient side. 
Um, you know, in general, I think being a female physician, there's certain experiences that are common. I've had that happen to me, but again, this was within a, a greater context, not necessarily within my institution, but outside of my institution. So I think, I don't think I've had any experiences that are very different from others. I think I've had experiences that are based on me being a woman. Um, I've had experiences with patients that are based on me being black, but in the whole scheme of things, I've always, you know, I have a good support system and there are people that I can talk to and just kind of debrief about negative experiences. But I'll, uh, you know, to my point earlier, if you're in a place where you're not getting the mentorship and support that you need to be successful, then maybe you don't need to be in that place. And I just realized I, once I came here, I got, I, I gained a lot of success. And I think even very quickly by some people's standards, but the main reason that happened is because I had support and I had mentorship and I was in a division that valued what I brought. And I, and I can't stress that enough. I think, you know, people tend to stay where they are because of loyalty for a variety, variety of reasons, even if they're not happy. And I really feel that if you're not happy somewhere, then leave. If you can, I mean, obviously there are other things that come into play, but you know, and remember you can find mentorship outside of your division, outside of your institution. Um, you can always find mentorship across institutions, across different people, and you can have a career mentor, a life mentor, a coach. You know, they're coaches, you know, you know the whole concept of having a coach versus a mentor versus a sponsor. Yeah. Sponsor gives you opportunities. A mentor is self-explanatory and a coach can be someone who's not even in medicine, but that can help you in different life skills. So I think all those things are very important to note and to look for in the broader scheme of things. Well, uh, thank you so much, because I think often we, we don't hear these lived experiences, and I, I really appreciate everything you've shared. Any, any final advice for diverse medical students and residents who are considering academic careers? I think, you know, I think sometimes when people hear me talk about my experience in my current institution, they might give me, look at me like, wait a second, you know, um, I think I have had a very lucky, lucky, positive experience. I think people need to realize that that's not how it is across the board in every place. I think we have to realize our value. When you're someone, I think the imposter syndrome is a real thing. Um, I experienced it, of course, years ago when I had to grow out of it and fight to get out of it. Remember, you belong where you are you have value and remember to know your value and stand up for yourself. I think challenges will happen. Yes, people are going to discriminate against you because of your color. They're gonna discriminate against you because of your gender or your um, gender identity or your expression. Understand that there are people who came before you who made it and reach out to those people and just keep going, keep your head high. Um, don't let anyone else sabotage your success and that's the best way and look for your allies remember we there are allies within this world of academia find those allies find that network find those people john you're an ally you are also someone i consider a mentor and a sponsor you know find those networks and those connections because that will make a big difference and if you are in a space where you're not valued then start exploring other spaces where you can be valued well, thank you again. Um, thank you again, Dr. Renee Williams, for some very motivational, inspirational, and informative, informative words. Um, if, if the listeners were not aware, you are fellowship director, correct, of yes. adult GI at NYU yes. School of Medicine, which is another huge accomplishment that as people think about gastroenterology careers, they should reach out to you. And you have been an incredible role model and mentor and champion within the Bingap family. So thank you.